Well, today uh, I'm gonna, we're going to continue our series. Hey, next week, Pastor Scott Williams is going to be here. He has got a powerful word, and uh, he is so excited to be back on Mountain Park family. And so invite somebody to church. I believe as you invite somebody, uh, they're going to make that decision to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Also, hey, I worked on something. I got confirmation this week. Uh, some of you are going to love this one. Uh, Marsh Hall will be with us in November. And so uh, I, I had a really good conversation with Marsh. I saw him at the Global Leadership Summit at Willow Creek. He was doing some worship there. And uh, so uh, Mama Gail got us connected. And I said, hey, Marsh, would you come and do a weekend for us? And he's like, what, you want me to speak? I said, yeah, I want you to sing and speak. And, and then Friday, you know, I'm just a pastor that, you know, uh, I'll just take my chances. I said, hey, we got this thing on Friday night, November, uh, it's the, I believe it's the 10th. Uh, it's called Girls Not Out. Would you come and lead worship with our team for Girls Not Out? And he said, heck yeah. And so mark your calendars, lady. Girls Not Out. Marsh is going to be here. And then he's going to do the uh, Sunday morning service. I'm very, very excited about just these people coming in and, and ministering to us. Uh, also, a big thank you to Greg and Peggy, LaMonica, Wendy, and Mo. Uh, Out of Marriage was absolutely incredible this weekend. We had couples going through that. And just so much great feedback of what God did Friday and Saturday in couples. And I'm just so grateful. You know, here at Mountain Park, we believe in doing church as a team. And so we're so blessed to have incredible leaders, Elena and Greg and Peggy, Mo and Wendy, and just all the other leaders that uh, do incredible things. And I love our new stage design. Our team has done great. And uh, our production guy, Randy, said, I want to put the cross more forward over the people. And so uh, I love that. Uh, the cross is over us. There's nothing more we need than the cross of Jesus. Amen. Some of you just noticed that. You're like, hey, there's a cross. <laughs> Some of you walked in and you noticed it immediately. <laughs> oh, great. You know, I was Googling uh, this morning. We're going to talk about patience. And I was, um, I was Googling uh, annoying things that parents say to kids. So listen to this. Five top annoying things parents say to kids. Uh, because I said so. You'll understand when you're older. You'll thank me later. <laughs> you're too young to understand. Now, if you're a teen in this room, you're probably elbowing your parents right now. And when you're a parent, you'll understand. It's true, huh? We say these things. But you know, I was thinking that there's only one statement a kid has to make that will drive you absolutely crazy. You see if you can guess it. Are we there yet? <laughs> I kid you not, my daughter said that a month ago for the first time. We were driving and the words came out of her mouth. Daddy, are we there yet? And I turned around and I rebuked the devil in <laughs> Jesus' name. Because that, I, I just, I'm like, we're those people. Today we're going to talk about patience. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? What is patience? Let's look at the definition really quickly. Patience is the ability to wait without becoming hasty <laughs> or impetuous. Also forbearance, haste, hurry, impatience, long-suffering, 
uh, rashness, waiting on God. We get, sometimes we get so, so impatient. I noticed the other day, because someone for my 50th birthday gave me a Starbucks gift card. They obviously don't hear that I'm not a big Starbucks fan, but hey, it was free, amen? Free is good. And so I decided to go to Starbucks, and I got there, and the line, the drive-through line was probably 15 cars. And I said, have you guys not heard of a place called Black Rock? It's a lot quicker. And I literally drove up, and I'm like, there is no way I'm standing in that line. I don't have time for it. I parked my car. I deceived myself. I went inside. I had an interaction. And guess what? It still took longer than the drive-thru. We are so impatient. Some of you Cardinals fans, you know, halfway through the game last week, you were happy. You were praising God. You were excited. We're beating the Giants. We're going to win. And guess what? The patience went to impatience in the second half. I'm praying for you. The prayer team is praying for you. We're rebuilding. We're still rebuilding. If it took the Israelites 40 years in the wilderness, we'll get there. Pastor, I don't know if I like you. It's okay. I'm trying to teach you patience this morning. It's funny because I got to be honest with you. I try to get out of this message. Actually, I tagged Pastor Don to teach this message. (laughs) I was like, I got a great message for you, Pastor Don. You're going to preach on patience. I'm going to preach on joy. And the Lord had other plans. And so, yeah, I am today (laughs) preaching on patience. And uh, let me confess to you, this is something I need to grow in. This is one of the fruit of the Spirit that I need to grow in. Why? Because people are crazy. (laughs) Life is crazy. Listen to James chapter one. James writes this in verse two. For my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience, but let patience have what? It's perfect work. God's like, hello, you're gonna go through some stuff. In fact, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in me, you'll have peace. In this world, you're gonna have trials and tribulations. You're gonna go through some stuff. And when you go through some stuff, it's not gonna be fun. You're gonna be impatient. You're gonna be like, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? Do you remember me? Hello? You're gonna go through stuff. You're gonna have challenges in relationships, challenges in circumstances. But James writes here, says, hey, realize this. When you go through trials, your faith is being tested and your patience is gonna grow. Let patience have its perfect work. Why? That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You're gonna go through stuff. It's unavoidable. I'm sorry, if someone told you, give your life to Jesus and it's kumbaya, my friend, they lied to you. They lied to you. Jesus said, you're going to follow me and it's not going to be easy. In fact, you're going to follow me and you're going to have a bullseye that the enemy is going to go after you. People are not going to be excited that you follow me. You're going to go through some stuff. Today, we're going to look at a guy in the Bible that we know pretty well. And we've, if, if you grew up in church, you know the story of Jonah. And Jonah is an interesting guy. God, in Jonah chapter one, God says to Jonah, hey, listen, I need you to go to Nineveh and I need you to give a word to the people that I'm gonna wipe them out in 40 days. And so Jonah's like, uh, I think you got the wrong guy. And Jonah decides to go to Tarshish. He's like, I'm not going there, are you crazy? And he's on a boat, he's going the other direction and a storm hits and, and, and the people on the boat are like, what have we done wrong? We're gonna die, who has cursed us? And they cost lots. And as they cost lots, it falls on Jonah and they're like, you're the man, what's going on? Jonah tells him the story, I'm running from God. Let me tell you something, don't run from God, run to God. Running from God is painful. 
and it costs you a lot. Run to him because he cares for you. He knows what's best. And so Jonah, he says, hey, guys, I know, just throw me over. Throw me over the boat. And as they throw him over a boat, a big fish, some people debate, I just say it's a whale, showed up. And, and he goes in the whale's belly and he's there. And, and in the whale, in Jonah chapter 2, he begins to cry out to God and he's lamenting and he's sorry. And, and then the, the whale spits him up on the dry land. And Jonah says, okay, God, I'm going to go to Nineveh and I'm going to tell him. So he, he walks into Nineveh. It's, it's three days to walk through the whole city. And he's just beginning to tell him that God's going to wipe you out. God's going to deal with you. You've sinned. You've done evil. You, you, you turn it back. You know what Nineveh does? They all repent and they fast. And what does God do? God relents. And there's no destruction. You know what Jonah does in that moment? In fact, let's go read in Jonah chapter 4. What is, how does Jonah respond to this? Verse 1, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry and he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That, that, that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God. You're slow to anger, you're abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take my life. For it is better for me to die than to live. You know what Jonah was saying right now? God, I can't take it anymore. Come on, I mean, you'd tell me to go, you're gonna destroy these people. I'm too afraid to I bail on you, forget that, I'm not the guy. I end up in the whale's belly, I'm repenting. Okay, God, my life is right with you. I tell the people what you tell me, and guess what? You don't do anything, you forgive them. Like, God, I'm tired, the roller coaster, what's going on? But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Hello, Jonah, is it okay for you to be angry? And Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city, and there he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah's, he's mad. He's ticked off right now. He's like, you know what, God? I've had enough. I'm going to go, and I'm going to see. Let's see how long this repentance thing is going to work. Let's see, God. So he makes a shade, and then the Lord... God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was what? Very happy. Very happy about the plant. He's like, thank you, God. I got shade. It's so hot. Almost like Arizona. But at the dawn the next day, the Lord provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. And what did he want to do? He wanted to die. <laughs> and he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? He says, you were angry about Nineveh? Now, now you, I provided a plant for shade, and now you're angry about the plant? It is, he said. I am, God. I'm, I'm so, so angry. I wish, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight, and it died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? I almost did that. And also so many animals. Jonah's frustrated. 
Jonah is impatient. He's impatient with his circumstance. He's impatient with the people. And he's impatient with God. You know why he's impatient? Because it's not going the way he wants it to go. It's not going. He wanted to sing the song, I did it my way. But God's ways in the book of Isaiah, God's ways are higher than our ways. So, so many times we have to stop in life and realize, God, your ways are higher than my ways. And the best thing for me to do is to trust you. You see, you can't have patience if you don't have trust. Jonah couldn't trust God. It's interesting in life, there's two Greek words for the name time. There's chronos time, chronological time. That's man's time. But then there's kairos time. And kairos time is God's timing. And if we're really honest in life, like Jonah, we don't like kairos time. We like chronos time. God, you need to fit in with my calendar. God, don't you see how much I'm praying? Don't you see how much I'm in the journal? Don't you see all these things I'm doing? Come on, God, get with the program. Make it happen. James says that when you're going through trials, what is God trying to do? Grow your faith, but mature your patience. And we have to learn in life that God's kairos time, God's movement, the way he moves and his timing is perfect. God is he's never early, he's never late, he's always on time. His timing is perfect. And the hard part is we don't like that. We don't like that. Why? Because we want to be in control. Jonah wanted to be in control. And he wanted everything to work. That's why he sat. He said, I'm going to sit and watch. These people, God, they don't really repent. Hey, I'm going to watch. You're going to change your mind, God. I'm so angry. Why? Because it didn't work out my way. God's timing is perfect. There's some of you today that have to begin to trust the kairos timing of God. God, if you've given it to God, let him take it. So often we're like, God, I'm giving it to you. And he's like, let it go. God, I'm giving it to you. You see, God, I'm really giving it to you. I'm on my knees in prayer. I'm giving it to you. Open your hands. So hard to open our hands because when you open your hands, you're letting go of control. God's kairos timing is perfect. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into what? The love of God and into the patience of Christ. Oh, I like that. If you're taking notes today, point number one is this. Patience comes from God. Paul's writing here saying, hey, listen, you need the Lord to what? Direct your heart into what? The love of God and to what? The patience of Christ. Here's what this verse is saying. Patience comes from God. As you begin to trust him, as you yield control to him, as you say, Jesus, you are the shepherd of my life. Your kairos time is perfect. I want the chronos. I want it now. But I've got to believe that your timing is perfect, God. I've got to believe who you are, God. You're, you're my shepherd that's leading me. And God, would you lead me into the love of God and into the patience of Christ? Patience is not easy. Peace is something we receive. We spoke about shalom last week. We receive peace, but patience is something we have to grow in. 
Peace you receive, but patience you've got to let go and trust that God's got it. That's why we, our key verse in, Gal, in Galatians chapter 5 for this series, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. But the fruit of the what? The Holy Spirit. I spoke a couple of weeks ago that one of the names, the Holy Spirit is called the parakletos. What is that? The one who comes alongside. He is the helper. He's the comforter. He's the teacher. He's the guide. He's God's presence. Jesus, before he sent it to heaven, said, I need to go. Why? So that I can send the Holy Spirit that's going to live in you and he will teach you. He's going to bring revelation to you and understanding. And so this, Paul's saying, listen, the fruit of the Spirit, as you're letting the Holy Spirit guide you, as you're opening your hands and you're trusting, as you're saying, Holy Spirit, guide me, counsel me, give me wisdom as you're in the Word of God and your patience begins to grow. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Listen to, uh, listen to this definition, biblical definition I found through a commentary. Patience is, al is, is almost always a human disposition. It is tempting to consider patience simply as a virtue to be cultivated, but it is, first of all, a divine disposition. Indeed, the patience of God frequently serves as the source and the pattern of human patience. I love this. Patience is a disposition. What's a disposition? It's a posture of your life. And, and this biblical definition is saying that as we find this, as we try in our own minds to find patience, to position our lives around patience, the reality is that true patience comes from a divine disposition. Well, hang on. What does that mean? Let's go back to, remember the beginning of this series? We spoke about John 15. What did Jesus say? If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, what did Jesus say? You can do nothing. Well, I want to grow in patience. Well, you got to get a divine disposition. That means you can't do it the way you've always done it. You've got to get a divine disposition. Well, what does that mean? I've got to abide in Christ. As I abide in Christ, I bear much fruit. But if I'm not abiding in Him, guess what? I will never get to the place of the fruit of patience. Okay, so hey, Pastor God is the source of patience. I get it. But what about people? What about people? I mean, have you ever thought about this? If everybody was like me, the world would be a better place. <laughs> Pastor John, you're talking about cloning? I'm so glad that the world is just not made up of Charltons. Praise the Lord. I think God's happy about that one too. No one has your fingerprint. You're unique. Every person is unique. But so often, I think a lot of times, the reason why we're not patient with people is we don't have a, the right perspective. Reminds me of the story of a gentleman that got on a plane trip, and it was a transatlantic flight. It was a long flight, and everybody as you get on the plane, everybody was exhausted. And as the plane took off, people began to fall asleep, but he found himself in the back 
withholding his baby, and he's trying his best to get the baby to be quiet, but the baby was crying and crying and, and screaming at the point, and people were getting more. You could, you could hear the grumbling and the people motioning, and, and he's trying his best, and finally this big, brawny guy gets up and, and walks, to the, walks to the man and says, listen, sir, hey, why don't you just take the baby to its mom? There was a moment of silence. The man said, I'm trying my best. I wish I could take this baby to the mom. You see, the problem is this. The mom is in the casket at the back of the plane. You see, so often we get impatient with people, but we're looking through our lenses and our perspective, and we don't know the true story, what's really going on. And sometimes we've got to take a step back and say, God, help me to see them the way you see them. Now, I'm not saying, hey, this means that, well, I'm just going to let people walk over me, abuse me. No, 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 none of that. That's unhealthy and toxic. But I'm saying your general perspective and view is, God, show me what I need to see. See, because God can give you patience for people. Romans chapter 15, verse 5 to 6, and now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded to what? One another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth glorifying the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is writing here about unity. He's saying, come on, you know the way we get to unity is when we have patience with one another, when we encourage one another, when we comfort one another, we pray for one another, and we show grace to one another. And Paul says this, may the God of patience and comfort grant you what to be like-minded with one another. What does like-minded mean? It doesn't mean that you need to do it my way and I need to do it your way. No, we need to do it God's way. We need to have the mind of Christ. So as I, as I begin to pray, God, give me your mind, I begin to look at the situation through the lenses of patience, through the lenses of Jesus, through the lenses of God. Listen to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, and we know the chapter well. But verse 4, love is what? Patient. Well, pastor, I just love all people. Well, then you should be being patient with people. Because love is Patient. Love trusts God's kairos, not our chronos expectations of people. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always does what? Protects, it always trusts, it always hopes. It always perseveres. God is the source of patience. And there's some of you today, I wanna to encourage you, God, God can give you patience with people. I know people are difficult. I know maybe, maybe today your spouse is difficult. I know, let me tell you something, I, I, I've been married to my wife now 23 years. We are opposites. I'm like the North Pole and she's the South Pole. She's a creative, I'm not a creative. I'm a strategist. We're, we're so opposite. I was telling someone the other day because we were talking about home decorations. I said, you know what I do when it comes to my home decorations? Babe, how much is it gonna cost and is it in the budget? <laughs> I don't care what color it is. I don't care, but you know what? When I go to my house, I'm like, ooh, this is so comfortable. I can watch the game. It's, it's like amazing. I love my home. Why? 
because she's better than Nieta. We're opposites. If we're at the house my way, we'll be going to counseling every day. But sometimes, you know what, we've got to have patience with one another. Sometimes we have to understand, hey, God is working with somebody, and it's not your job, Jonah, to critique God's process. It's not your job to get frustrated or angry. It's your job to what? Pray. God, help me. To, how do I encourage them? How do I get along? So God is the source of peace. God is, I'll give you Patience, sorry, God's a source of patience. God will give you patience for people. And number three, I love this one. God will give you patience for yourself. Sometimes the most impatient person we're with is ourself, right? Well, I should be further along. I should be there and I'm here. I should have made that decision. Why did I do this? Why did I rush that? Why am I sitting with the consequences? Why am I? We can get so impatient instead of saying, God, thank you today that you're omnipotent. You're all powerful. You're omniscient. You know all things. God, I thank you today that I can give my life to you, the control of my life to you, and you know what's best for me, God. Listen to Psalm 25, verse 4. Show me your ways, Lord, and teach me your paths. I think that's the greatest prayer you could ever pray. God, show me your ways. God, come and lead my life, and then teach me. Teach me your path. There's some of you today that God has closed the door. What? I thought when we pray, God opened doors. You know, as many as much doors that God opens, there's many doors he closes. And we don't like closed doors, right? We will lay hands on closed doors and rebuke them in the name of Jesus. We will bang on closed doors. We will get scriptures and speak to closed doors. But let me tell you something. Sometimes God will close doors for you. Can you trust him? Can you trust him when he closes the door? Can you trust that God's no is your best? God, open the door for me. Open the door for me. I want to go to the next season. I don't like this season. No, patience is still not growing in you. God, I want to just hurry up and do this. No, 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 no. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to teach you my paths. I'm trying to teach you my way. Because as I grow your faith, I'm growing your patience to wait. And you've got to learn to wait. You've got to learn to rest in Kairos, God's timing, and not Kronos, man's timing. God, you've got to learn to wait. Psalm 37, verse 7 to 9 says, be still. Have you ever felt like removing that out of the Bible? <laughs> I know for me, being still is really hard. I love people. I love to talk. I love to hang out. Sometimes it's hard for me just to be still. And this being still is not just... Being still is a disposition, a posturing of your heart to God to eliminate and remove distractions and saying, God, I'm standing before you right now, whether it's in brokenness, whether it's in pain, whether it's in heartache, whether it's in disappointment, whether it's in, in, in the shame or the guilt of my sin and failures, God, I'm, I'm being still before you and wait patiently for him. Be still and then do what? Wait patiently for him. Rest in him. Be still and rest in him and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. 
For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will what? Inherit the land. What is that promise saying? God says, come on, even though the door might be closed right now, hey, even though you might seem like there's no way through in this season, hey, while you're waiting, God is working. While you're waiting, God is working. If you've given it to Him, if you've opened your hands and said, God, I need you. Give me the strength to stand in this sin. Give me the patience to wait on you. If you've given it to Him while you are waiting, God is working. He's working all things out. George MacDonald, and I close with this. Oh, then these author said this. Learn these two things. Never be discouraged because good things get on so slowly here and never fail daily to do that good which lies next to your hand. He says, come on, some good things take time. But while you're waiting, hey, do good things with your hand. Do not be in a hurry, but be diligent. Stay on the course, stay patient. Keep trusting God, keep giving it to Him. Enter into the sublime patience of the Lord. He says, come on, wake up in the morning. God, you got it. God, help me to wait on you. Help me to be still. Be charitable in view of it. God can afford to wait. Why cannot we, since we have him to fall back upon? It's like if, if, if God is busy and he's working and he's patient, why, why can't you be? And know this, that you can fall back on him because he is faithful. Let patience have a perfect work and bring forth her celestial fruits. Let this fruit of patience grow. Trust to God to weave your little thread into a web, though the patterns show it not yet. God hasn't forgotten about you. He knows every hair on your head, every tear you cry. You know, saying God's got it it's not a wristband, it's a faith statement. God, you love me so much. You love me more than I could ever imagine. You know where I am today and your grace. Your grace is new and your mercy is on you every morning. Great is your faithfulness, even when I'm not, you're faithful, God. And so thank you today, God, in the midst of this season. There's some of you today that you just have to stop and say, God, thank you that while I am waiting, you are working. At the right time, the Kairos God moment, the door will open. The situation will change. The relationship will be healed and restored. The, what's been a valley will now become a mountaintop. Because you're my shepherd who's leading my life. Peace we receive. Patience is when we let go. God, you've got it. Let's pray. So every eyes closed and head is bowed. Father, I thank you today for your presence in this place. Nobody knows us better than you. For some of us today, God, maybe we're like Jonah, God, I just want to die. I'm just, I'm dying to this situation. I'm dying. I'm giving up. What's the use? What's the use of following you? What's the use of this? I thought my life, I thought this. God, today, help us to bow our hearts to you. 
Help us to trust you. Help us to realize that when we surrender and we pick up our cross and we follow you, that you're going to lead us to quiet streams and green pastures and to the tables in the midst of tough situations because you are faithful. So God, whatever circumstance we're facing right now, whatever relational conflict or distress or pain we're going through, God, would you make us to stand in your patience? Would you heal our hearts? It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hope that encouraged you today and uh, lifted you up. Now, let me tell you something. You can all stand. I'm going to pray a blessing and get you out of here. But let me tell you something. Don't be surprised if you walk out of here and your patience is going to be tested. But know that the testing of patience, the trials and testing brings patience and perseverance. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer, the prayer team is going to be up front here. They would love to pray with you, encourage you. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, we thank you today as we go out. God, may we go out as we've spoken, the fruit of love. May we go out in joy. May we go out in peace. May we walk in your patience. God, bless us this week. Bring us all back safely together next week to worship and praise your name. Amen. God bless.